0: Four words, four words in an email was all we needed for today's program. It's the perfect Friday conversation, I think. Everybody has an answer to this, but you might have to think about it a little bit. And your answer might open some neural pathway for somebody who's listening today. A listener wrote and in the email said, what I absolutely love, those are the four words. So my question today is, what is it you absolutely love? I want you to hear the email, and then I want to hear from you on this encouraging Friday edition of Chris Fabry Live. This is one thing I absolutely love, because I don't know where you're going to take us today, but I have enough faith to believe it's going to be good. Helping out behind the scenes, Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical, Trish is our producer, Tahir is in the chair, Lynn will be answering your calls, and since it's Friday, that's right, it's time for the fabulous Fabry Friday site. Here's what it does. One, we oxygenate your blood. Two, we get your endorphins going. Three, we raise your serotonin level. Four, we promote lymphatic drainage. And five, we stimulate your parasympathetic system. That's why we call it the five lung languages. It also stimulates the vagus nerve. Here's a new discovery. We release acetylcholine. And don't forget what it does to cortisol dissipation. Take in four seconds of air through your nose right now. Hold it four seconds. And then, as you release that air through your mouth, push on the left side of your rib cage to get rid of all that bad carbon dioxide. Today's sigh is for the satisfaction of doing what you absolutely love. For some, it's reading a book. For others, it's taking a stroll on a wooded path on a summer morning. At work, you could absolutely love getting there early before anybody else does so you can prepare for the day. You might absolutely love long drives in the car with the windows down. You might absolutely love having coffee with a friend once a week, or riding a horse, or a motorcycle, or listening to your grandchildren splash in a pool, or listening to this program as you go about your tasks. Today's fabulous February Friday Sigh is brought to you by all the things you absolutely love. Void where prohibited. This is what I absolutely love, and that is a topic that boldly takes us to some positive place of the heart because you hear enough negative out there. You have enough coming at you. The fire hydrant of information is coming at you, and a lot of it is negative and worrisome and anxiety-producing. Today, there's no anxiety because you are my guest, and I love it when that happens. You are our greatest natural resource, as I say here, because your participation means we get a lot of different life experiences and a lot of different perspectives. And we always wind up, no matter how innocuous the question or topic, we always wind up at some point getting to the gospel. And if we don't, I'll take us there. (laughs) I had an email the other day with pictures, mind you, And I was reading along, and all of a sudden, these four words jumped out at me. Let me read you what Judy said. Good morning from Grand Rapids, Michigan. My husband and I own a barbecue food truck. It's actually a retired Austin, Texas city bus that my husband converted into a food truck. My job on the bus is to take your order and money. But what I absolutely love is... So Judy's context is at work, and I'm not going to limit you to that today, but if you have a work answer, please give me a call. We now resume Judy's email. My job on the bus is? My job on the bus is to take your order and money, but what I absolutely love is tips, do you think? Meeting people from all walks of life. I am a people person. It gets exhausting sometimes. And I do like my alone time, but all in all, I love it. Last Friday, we were on our way to a huge event called Food Truck Fridays here in Grand Rapids. My 24-year-old daughter and I were listening to your program. You are so kind and attentive to the callers, never rushing them to finish their story. My daughter said to me, Mom, you know what? You are the female version of Chris (laughs) Famer. What a compliment, she said, in all caps. I put my hand on my heart and told her that was the nicest thing I've ever heard. She then started giving examples of how kind you are to your callers and that you genuinely care about them and never rush them. I care, too, about our customers. I try very hard to remember names and faces as we have a lot of repeat customers. Lots of people are lonely, and they just want to tell me about their day and problems. A friendly smile and a listening ear can go a long way. Anyway, I had to share that with you. Keep doing what God intended you to do. Have a blessed day. Judy from Two Bones Barbecue, Grand Rapids, Michigan. What a nice thing for her daughter, Lydia, to say. Thank you, Lydia. Uh, that is that is my goal with every conversation and the phrase to to honor you and to hear your story and then not rush you along and uh, there are some times when uh, I don't I don't do that as well as I want to, but thank you. But that phrase kept rolling around my soul. What I absolutely love is I want you to tell me what you absolutely love at work, at home, church, leisure. I think we learn a lot about each other by answering, a question like this. Judy seems to me relationally oriented and meeting others, talking with them, hearing about their lives energizes her. For somebody else, they might feel depleted by doing that job, by having to interact with others. They're more in line with I love to get to work early when nobody's around. There's nothing wrong with that. You're just you're just a little different. That doesn't mean you're you don't like people. You just really Love, solitude, you thrive on that, or quiet. Here is the quintessential response from Facebook, and you can answer on Facebook as well. Quintessential means perfectly typical or representative of a particular kind of person or thing, if you didn't know. Sharon says, when dinner is long finished and the kids are still around the table laughing and sharing, she absolutely loves it. Now, that is relational, and it's also something that she can't control. You cannot make people linger and laugh and share authentically. I mean, you can, you know, no dessert for you. <laughs> but but when it happens, when it organically happens, it's something to highlight, to remember. And that's why I say you might have to think about this a little bit. You might have to ruminate on it. I wonder what a pastor would say today. What I absolutely love is, it used to be pages of bibles flipping you know the onion skin with technology you don't hear that as much as you, as you used to or maybe a pastor would say when it's a half hour after the service and half the congregation is still standing around talking or sitting around talking or they're they're getting in one vehicle several families there and they're going out to eat together or going you know going to lunch or going to the park for a picnic or what? What would a pastor, or the pastor could say, It's Monday morning when I get to start on my new sermon for next week, all alone with my books. What would you say? That is how we began a conversation we had on a Friday in June of this year, and it was one of the best questions that I threw out all year long because the phones just started ringing. People started responding on Facebook. Shirley said, sitting on my porch in the morning, surrounded by my dogs with a cup of coffee and my Bible study. Uh, Leanne said, beside the obvious of God and my family, I love a good cup of coffee with a book, working with children and going to church. But I love when you have Rosalie de Rosé and the two Michaels on your program. And so I knew we were I knew we were firing on all cylinders. And so I want to air this program here on the last Friday in uh, December to ask you to play the home game, uh, the home version of this and think about what is it that you really love and how can that feeling on the inside that you have whenever you, you know, you, you uh, do this in your life or have this experience, whether you're at work or someplace else, um, you can not replicate it, but move toward it as you look at the new year coming up. We've got some great programs scheduled for the very first week of the new year coming up next week, but I wanted to end this year on this positive note. And one of the things that I really love is to be able to read some of the responses from you, the people who call or click through the website and give a gift to Chris Fabry Live. Because what happens there is not just, uh, you know, here, here's the money and I hope you use it wisely. It's here's what's going on in my family. Here's the connection that we've made through this program, what the Radio Backyard Fence means to me. And when I read those, it really encourages me that this is not just, you know, an hour uh, a day, Monday through Friday, This is something that is reaching on the inside. So if you want to give a gift here at the end of the year, oh boy, howdy, go over to chrisfabrylive.org. Call 866-95-FABRY. Our program is recorded today. Don't call us, but stay with us. There's something good straight ahead on Moody Radio. What I absolutely love today at the Radio Backyard Friends. You know what I absolutely love? There's a place at my desk that I love to pull all the way up to early in the morning with a cup of coffee. And I've got the things that I'm studying, you know, to the right-hand side to be able to pull. I just love that. And uh, I heard from both the engineer, the technical engineer of the program, as well as our producer today. Tahira says she loves sunrises in the morning. And she thought today, she's morning by morning, new mercies I see. And Ryan said subwoofers. (laughs) So sunrises and subwoofers cranking the volume on a good movie, letting it fill the room. That's it. I love it. Thank you for being honest and specific. Now here's Margaret in Colorado. Margaret, tell me what you absolutely love.
1: Hi. Yes. I um, absolutely love when I get, I'm um, in good conversations with the children I teach about God and Jesus and how awesome and amazing He is and how He's created everything that works together and just those conversations like that. I it just just yeah, loves it. <laughs> <Just> love <laughs> so when to teach kids without that?
0: When a child then will will raise a hand and say, "Mrs. Margaret, whatever your last name," but what about when they ask a question like that? You know that something they're thinking, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like it when they they start thinking, you know, and we can just yeah get the conversation going in the group and. Just jump from here to there, you know, about just yeah.
0: <laughs> you're so you're a preschool teacher, right?
1: Yes, yes, I am. So
0: give me an example. Can you think of anything off the top of your head? And I know I'm putting you in the spot, but can you think of anything that, yeah. that a child has asked that you thought, oh, this is so great?
1: Well, yeah, uh a while back we had a conversation and it started with, you know, kids talking about their boo-boos, owies or whatever, and bleeding. And, you know, and it was just from there, it was like, you know, how God is so incredible. He made our bodies that even if we, you know, bleed a little, our owies bleed as long as it's not a lot, that God created our bodies to regenerate the blood, so we're never, you know, without blood. It, he makes more, and, and right. then it went from, you know, there to bone Well, if I broke a bone, you know, how God can knit that back together, and I mean, it just, yeah, on from there, it was just, yeah, I mean, just little conversations that, you know, things on their heart that I can always, you know, pull around to God, and yes. how He works, and how amazing He is, and
0: I think that's one of the things that Jesus meant when he said unless you become like a little child and the inquisitive nature of children and the question asking and as an adult you know a bunch of kids that are grown now uh I can remember the exasperation of stop asking questions but that just that but I want to know and and I I what about this and what about that and what and And to see that, to see a child processing that and to be a part of that, Margaret, thank you for letting us, uh, just to give a peek behind the scenes there. Let's go to Cleveland, Ohio, and Karen is on the line. What I absolutely love, Karen, is...
2: I work for an accounting firm. I did time billing and balancing the books. At the end of the month, I would put all the information in, and in the end, we used to print out paper reports when I was working, and I had a stack that was probably a foot high. I felt like I was taking an offering in to my office manager and set it on her desk. It was like, this is finished, and it balances.
0: (laughs) So when you saw everything line up number to number, it was just such a great feeling, right?
2: Absolutely.
0: Yes. If and I there's... can share
2: one other small thing.
0: Sure. I love
2: meeting friends for lunch and catching up. It's like, it's such a gift to stay in touch. I have friends from when I was in grade school, that, and I'm 80. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I and I've harvested friends along the way from every job that I've worked I've gotten good friends. It's such a blessing.
0: Yes. Well, there it is. Numbers and people for, uh, for Karen. Numbers and people. And I get what you're saying about that, you know, matching the numbers up and the accounting thing. Um, I remember uh, Dr. Joseph Stoll, who was president of Moody for many years, said, I don't know if he would say, I actually absolutely love this. But he said one of the things that he really liked was uh, mowing his yard. I think he lived out in Wheaton in the suburbs of Chicago. He liked mowing his yard because, why? Because his yard liked him. Because it was the only thing that he did with all the responsibilities that he had through, it was the only thing that he did that he felt like he he fully finished. You get that yard mode, and you can sit back, and you get this sense of completion. You get this sense of that's done. And with accounting, you get this sense of that the number, these numbers line up with those numbers over there. Ah, that's such a great feeling. You've done your job well. Gary is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Gary, sign in.
3: Well, Chris, uh, what I dearly love is traveling. Primarily to historic sites, uh, I just commend the National Park Service. You put the word national in front of park, historical site, historical monument, just to see the sacrifice that has been made over the last 400 years to make America what it is today.
0: Wow. Okay, give me a peek into what you've done or where you've been that really touched a nerve inside, where you stood there and you felt like, I can't even speak in taking this in. Where was it?
3: Well, uh, first one that pops in my mind is the JFK Presidential Library and a quote uh, from Jacqueline saying that after... The failing of the Bay of Pigs uh, battle or whatever mm-hmm. said that the president sat down on the side of the bed and cried. Ah.
0: Where is that and, museum? Uh, is, that's not in D.C., is it? No, Boston. Boston, okay. So the humanity of a Of a president who's got the weight of the world, and you know bay of pigs was was part of that you know and and what might have happened and Khrushchev and all of that was that was going on at the time that that weighed him so much that the tears fell, and it wasn't long after that the tears were falling for another reason right That's true. What about civil war sites? I bet you've seen some of those, haven't you?
3: Yeah, my son was a Civil War buff in high school, and he and I went on a camping trip, stayed in a tent, and went to see Gettysburg and uh, a couple of the other, Antietam, uh, uh, something market, uh, a spring break trip in high school, and uh, it was just phenomenal. Yes actually he was such a student of history that he actually corrected some of the interpretive information we heard you know on the little videos or speakers or whatever
0: <laughs> that's not true dad here's what's really that's great yeah i you know i uh, my son we had this thing where when they would turn 10 we would take them on a trip and my son uh, oldest son wanted to go to gettysburg And he, you know, and and the the different touristy things. But the enduring memory that I have of that was walking Pickett's Charge, walking across that field and looking at how far it was from this side to the other and the consequences of all that was going on. Gary, thank you. Maybe somebody will want to take uh, a—just because you called today— Maybe somebody will want to take a a trip like that with their son or daughter or whole family. Um, Adam is in Michigan. Adam, why did you call today?
4: Well, mine happens to be, you know, God's mercies and blessings. You know, I have a much better life than what I technically should be. You know, I'm kind of one of those statistical anomalies. And uh, I honestly wouldn't be where I'm at today without his mercy. And, as a truck driver, well, another thing that I like is just popping up in the uh, uh the hood of my truck uh, around a group of kids and just watch their jaw drop at the uh, the fascination of how big this semi truck engine is
0: <laughs> and the tires too. The tires are pretty big, aren't they?
4: Oh uh, yeah, the tires are huge, everything's huge on the truck, but what really gets them is just seeing the massive engine
0: mm. Well, give me, uh, do this for me, Adam. Tell me what you love to see from other drivers on the road. What do you, what do you, not for other trucks, but other people in cars, especially smaller cars that zip in and out. What do you love to see then?
4: Um, uh, them giving us uh, uh, room, uh, plenty of room, them not trying to catch the last two foot of an exit because they can't wait behind a semi-truck.
0: Yes. Exactly. That's a kind thing. You know what I've done? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say something good about me again, Adam. I've pulled up to stoplights before and the semi is making a left-hand turn and I'm the very first car there and there's nobody behind me. And what I'll do is I, I back up like 15 feet and every driver that I've ever seen has you know waved real big and smiled real big, thumbs up, that kind of thing to be able to think for that to make it around that left-hand turn, that's that's uh, kind, isn't it?
4: Uh, yes, it is. That's a great deal of courtesy. And in a lot of uh, crowded towns or uh, really tight turns, like in Chicago area and everything else, we have to get traffic to back up pretty big because there, are those intersections were not designed for trucks to maneuver through.
0: Exactly. So if you are out there driving, you listen to Adam. You give him a little bit of room there. Don't, <laughs> don't cut in front of him. Make sure that he, his grill is in your rear view mirror uh, before you change that lane, give that signal. Adam, God bless you, friend. Thank you. What I absolutely love, if you're just tuning in, I had an email from someone saying, what I absolutely love is, and she answered that, I'm asking you. Louise is on the line, Louise. What do you say?
5: What do I say? I say thank you for giving that truck driver a lot of room. <laughs> I drive school bus, and you know what same it's a thing big vehicle to be moving around well anyway, uh again, when I drive school bus, and, you know, and we it's great to go on vacation to get where get away from all those little kids, even though I love them so much. but when I go on vacation. I make sure that when I get a hotel room, it has a Whirlpool tub in it, in the room. And I spend almost the whole time just soaking in that tub. And I absolutely love to do that.
0: Now you don't put Mr. Mr. Bubble in there, do you? (laughs) wonderful.
5: You you know, I did that once and I better not do that again. It yeah. was all over the place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it's if the bubbles are too much, it's, it overpowers everything. You're right. Louise, that is so good. You're being so honest with you. You're with those kids. You love those kids. You love transporting them. But sometimes you just need to get away and just relax. And the hot tub with a whirlpool is the ticket, right?
5: Yep. That is the best. <laughs> the best.
0: What she loves the most. So, we, Louise, we know what to give you next uh, next birthday, a trip away to the hotel, it's gotta have a whirlpool. Uh, time for Margie in Spokane, Washington, before we take a break here. Hey, Margie, tell me why you called.
6: So I called to say that I dearly love the hymns. We don't sing them much at our church anymore in the services because the worship team has us sing more of the modern songs. But... I just love the old hymns and the theology and the harmony, and it just can't be uh, replaced, I don't think. Um, We have a friend who's in a memory care unit, and once in a while I'll just sit down at the piano and uh, try to sing. I can't sing like I used to, but I just put it on speaker and sing to her, and then I've had other friends come and join me, and we'll sing to her and The first time we did that, she said, the tears are just rolling. Mm. (laughs) And she would try to sing along, and that uh, that blessed us. And we have a former pastor in California who's been through lots of surgeries and very serious illness. And so my two friends and I that had a trio together, once in a while we'll get together and sing for him and his wife.
0: I have an idea, Margie. You've just given me an idea, and I want you to hang on. I want to talk with you in the break and see if you think this is a good idea. For those who say, we don't sing those songs anymore in in church, let's talk about that straight ahead on Moody Radio. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio, our final program for 2023. We're making it a good one, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I said about hymns coming up. Before I do that, though, over the last few months I've been telling you about CareNet. This is a gospel-infused ministry that really is not working outside the church. They want the church involved. Imagine the joy that Care has of coming alongside women and men who are in a crisis pregnancy, and they help save the life of a child. That's happened since 2008 more than a million times now, helping women and men choose life instead of abortion. But they really believe that this is not just about changing people's minds about what's in utero. They really believe it's a discipleship issue. And that's why they developed a program called Making Life Disciples to equip churches to provide compassion and hope and help and discipleship. Because really the the issue is not just, we're going to change your mind on this issue here. The, The issue is, do you have a relationship with God through the liberating love of Jesus in your life? That changes everything. Transformation. And so if you want to find out more about that, there's a lot of negative stuff in the culture today about uh, pro abortion and against pro life ministries. But I want you to get some encouragement today from CareNet. Click the green CareNet button at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Somebody in your life needs to know about CareNet today, and you can be that person to tell them about it. But you need to learn. Go to chrisfabrylive.org, click CareNet. Be a great thing to do on this Friday, last Friday of the year. All right, so I was talking with Margie about hymns. And we, I, I can be an old fuddy-duddy as we don't sing hymns. And I tried to do something that was a little more positive. And I said, why don't you start a Sunday school class and you go through one hymn or, or three or four and you go through all the theology and you sing that hymn and you introduce this and there are probably people in your age group who are going to come to it. But then there's probably some younger people, you know, just this idea and Margie was all over that, and so and so was Larry. <laughs> Let's start with uh, this segment with Larry in Florida.
7: Oh, Chris, you couldn't have said anything more profound with Dr. Sebro and Moody than what you've said, but that's my second most loved, singing hymns with my wife at the dusk at, outdoors on the back porch. This is what—you're going to love this. That is, I prayed with 11— six to nine-year-olds, this week is our vacation Bible school week. It's my favorite week. We had the best job, five counselors, and we probably prayed with about 50 kids, but I got to pray with 11, and I say, I admit that I have sinned against you and broken your law. First, Chris, we present the little, you can do it different ways, the cross-track uh, that you open it out and, you know, one by one, and it tells about the progression to, to uh, salvation. But then... You know, you make sure that they understand that this is what God hears in their heart. It's not just what they say. And then you have them pray behind you phrase by phrase. And I had four of them at one time Wednesday. were a little bit overflowing. And it was just so great hearing those little voices say, I admit that I have sinned. Yes. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, you know, like that. And then to see some of them, Chris, baptized in the pool party. We missed it last year, Bad Weather, uh, for the last 10 years at the nearby rec center in the swimming pool, we have free hot dogs, hamburgers, and then we baptize anywhere from 8 to 15 kids. And so some of them I get to see that I counseled, baptized, and I get to high-five them afterwards. <laughs> it's the greatest job, Chris. You can't find, I don't care, at the Grand Canyon, anywhere in the world, what you're doing. They're praying with these little children, knowing it makes a difference. And one of them named Gerald, was the exact age I was, 70 years ago, nine and a half. 70 wow. years ago that wow. somebody prayed with me and then we ha- we talk about baptism and then it's just when they walk out we know that we've done something the Lord's used us in a mighty way
0: yes something eternal has happened there yeah. you know and i hear the excitement in your voice larry and if there's anybody who you know uh Vacation Bible School is coming up, and you're not signed up. Go sign up. You can you can have this same kind of experience of yeah. It but you know, be be honest, Larry. It's it's hard. It's uh, it gets hot. It's a little uh, you know difficult. There's some kids that are difficult, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So th- there some of is... them
7: don't know their last name. The five or six year old. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's okay as long as we have their team number and their first name. You know. Yes. I thought I knew my last name when I was seven, though. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let the little children come to me. Don't hinder right. them. I love it, Larry, and I love your excitement about that. And I told you we always get to the gospel at some point because we're all right there where those, those kids are. We're separated from God. Even though they're, they're young and they haven't done all the bad stuff that you and I've done, probably, they still have sinned against a holy God who's perfect. And they know after reading, being exposed to God's word, they know I'm not perfect and I need forgiveness. And they know because of that teaching that that's why Jesus came. That's why he came to live a perfect life and to give himself, to give himself as a ransom so that his death. His burial, his resurrection, then, has meaning not just in history, but in their own heart. And it can in yours, too. Larry, thank you. Shelly is in Grand Rapids, Michigan, going to that food truck. No, maybe not. Shelly, go ahead.
8: Uh, I am I'm actually not going to a food truck. I'm driving around because I'm a home health aide with a large health care company here in Grand Rapids. And I go to people's homes to provide the medical care and assistance that they need. And what I love about it is it's always an adventure, especially when I'm going to a new client. We have clients, not patients, um, and learning what their health care needs are. I've had people with traumatic brain injuries, spinal cord injuries, burns, amputees, you name it, Um, and learning that, you know, this person is going through a challenge of some sort, They're recovering from an illness. They might be going through hospice and anticipating their end of life. Mm. And going with them on that journey, it could be helping a person with a brain injury learn new skills that they may have forgotten. It could be helping an amputee who's lost a limb learn to use their new prosthetic, learn to walk again, doing physical therapy with them, going with them to appointments. It could help a person who's been disfigured by burns learn that they still look beautiful to God, even though their physical appearance might be a little bit different, or learning helping a person with a spinal cord injury who can no longer walk, learn that even though they're living life in a wheelchair now, it can still be a good life. It's just a little bit different.
0: Why did you say they're clients, not patients?
8: Well, because the people that we go to see have had so much time with doctors, neurologists, physical and occupational therapists, we try to see them not as patients that we are going to treat like so many of uh, other healthcare professionals. That they've seen to us, they're more like clients, and we're working together with them. Mm-hmm. On their healthcare journey to achieve the goals that they want to uh, to achieve, whether that's learning how to walk again, learning how to deal with a spinal cord injury, uh, learning how to anticipate their end of life, whatever that might be, they're clients, and we're with them on that journey. We're not doctors that are going to come and do things to them or right. give them treatments unless that's been prescribed, because we do those things too. So. It's never boring. It's always an adventure.
0: Your clients are also connected with family members who dearly love them, I hope. um, And you're serving them as well, right?
8: Oh, yeah. Well, many times we get to know the whole family. I've had clients that I've known their parents, their children, their grandchildren, their pets. um, certain pets, if I didn't bring a treat when I arrived, they were very disappointed. Um, <laughs> uh, and sometimes we can do different things. Say, if a physical therapist has prescribed uh, a certain amount of exercise or physical activity, we can walk with that client and their pet, um, and make it a, a whole family activity or, um, Sometimes we go with them to different activities and appointments. And uh, if they have a family member who wants to come along to us questions, we can provide information and we can provide it in a more down to earth method. Sometimes doctors and nurses, they tend to use medical ease and people may not know what in the world they're talking about.
0: What and a gift. Can... What a gift you yeah. give. So, so... Finish the sentence then, I absolutely love everything that you've talked about, or is it you going to a new client into their house and meeting them for the first time? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Uh, all of that.
8: Well, it's always a little nervous because you don't know this person. And I have gone to clients that lived in mansions, and I have gone to clients that lived in mobile homes. Right. Um, so the first time you meet somebody, you're like, "Oh boy, you got." Uh, we always have a case manager who has met that client, identifies what their needs are, and they give that information to us, so we never are walking in blind. Um, we know if uh, if there's pets in the home, other family members, that type of thing. But um, I have driven to people that are way out in the middle of nowhere. And um, what's always interesting is where I go is confidential. Hmm. So but not even my husband knows exactly where I am going. So I refer to all my clients by little pseudonyms. Um, I'll have my country people or my city people or um, use some, some non-descriptive description to say where I'm going. So he'll say, oh, where are you going next week? Oh, I'm going to Boondockville. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So it's how did you get this? Uh, Shirley, I got to ask you this question. And the, and the uh, yeah. Lydia said you, you, you listen so well, and I'm going to interrupt you. Um, how did you get to be this way? What, why were you always this way? Did you always want to be Florence Nightingale or did you have something that happened uh, to you early on and somebody helped you? Why, why are, why is Shirley this way? Well, uh, and it's, it's showy Shirley, but that's okay. <laughs>
8: Um, I was, I was a pretty sick kid growing up. If there was a way to injure myself, it's a good thing. I'm an only child. Cause my poor mother, she, she learned quickly, watch out. Cause I'm going to do something. And I know what pain's like. And it's not fun. Even I was a girl scout for many years. I was troop first aider. I've always found medicine fascinating, um, I have a Bachelor's of Science in English, and it's in science because I took so many dang science courses, uh, even though I I have an English major. I did go to nursing school for a while, but I bailed.
0: Anyways. (laughs) This is who you are. Shelly, this is who you are. This is who God created you to be, and you found that niche. And I could talk with you all the rest of the program. we got to take a break here, but I could talk with you because... My guess is there's somebody listening here today who has a a child who's of uh, not it, it the road is getting rough and and that child is going through things that you didn't want them to and life is hard for that child like you had when you were when you were young. But God can do something on the inside of that child later on so that he or she becomes like Shelly and comes alive when they walk into this mansion or this uh, trailer park and says, I'm going to be here with my clients and I'm going to serve them well. Isn't that great? Shelly, thanks for your call today. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. It's time for our final segment of 2023. Oh, what's going to happen? What good thing is going to (laughs) happen in this last segment? I'm going to start this segment, though, with two words. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who have given in this calendar year from January 1 to uh, December 31, which is coming up, thank you for your support. You do not know the encouragement that you have given to us. I was looking on our uh, board where people can leave messages. You know, we get, they give a gift and then they leave a message. Stephen said, I, I'm a longtime listener. I'm a first-time supporter. My financial situation has been in the negative for so many years. But now that a downsized move has left me with some money, I'm happy to finally be able to support some of the programs and stations I listen to on a regular basis. I hope you're able to keep airing Chris Fabry live for many years to come. Stephen, thank you for for thinking of us. And that makes me also remember the people who are listening today who cannot give. And I say this often, I have enough faith to believe there's somebody else who's going to give in your place. Um, So there is no guilt. There's no shame. If you haven't given in a a year or two, because you can't, God bless you, friend. Keep listening. This ministry is here for you. And if you can give here at the end of the year, December is the big month. You've heard that all month. December is a really important time for us. So if you can give a gift of any size right now, become a back fence friend with us. Go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org chrisfabrylive.org, where you can call a a phone number. And our thank you this month has been my novel, Saving Grayson. It's from my heart to yours. There's also a back fence partner. If you give a gift of any size each month, every Thursday you get a video that we make with either guests or it's me in my Carhartt shirt talking about what I see out the window. I try to make it really encouraging for you. And a lot of people who have uh, written have, have said, I look forward to that Thursday video that you send out because it really is an encouragement to me. So if you want to give a gift each month, boy howdy. Get over to the website or call 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279. And here's our next call from the great state of Tennessee.
9: Hi, my name is Vicki and uh, I am a nurse practitioner and uh, I have worked in the field of mental health for several years, uh, actually, you know, as a nurse and uh, a bit 20 plus years before that. And I could say all day long, sort of like you, that what I love about my job is that I have, God has given me a gift to understand how to communicate well with people that have schizophrenia or personality disorder or um, severe alcoholism or drug addiction i mean all those things require a very specific ability to sort of read what they're saying outside of the line Hmm. and and god has given me that gift and i love my work and and i love what i do um but you know, that that's a try it's a stressful job and a few years ago I had to move in with my mom who has dementia. So uh you have to learn to communicate with that person as well and she she has gotten severely worse over the last couple of years and and so God gave me that skill and I'm sort of on all the time, but there are moments. What I love about my job is that I have the skills to take home um, because there are moments where people with dementia have uh, uh, just absurd clarity, and when that comes about, you really have to take advantage of it, and so you just stop everything and just, just, just enjoy the moment and reminisce and, and have this full-fledged conversation that you normally don't have yes. Uh, otherwise. and And so that's what I love about my job.
0: So to be able to, sense? and then to have it with your mother, too, to be able to focus in and to listen between the lines and to not get agitated when they're agitated, but just to be there and be present. Vicki, that's a great way to end the program. Uh, we, a number of other people. Jeremy, thank you for your call. The sight and the sound of a, a baby's laughter. I agree. I love that. Uh, and David in Idaho, thank you for calling today. We're going get, to get back to uh, your calls one of these days with a topic like this. I wonder if you if we pose this question to god himself or pose this question to jesus what is it that you absolutely love what do you think he'd say i think he would uh one thing he would say is that that's the reason why he told that story of the prodigal son who went who went away he he took absconded from well his dad gave it to him so he didn't have absconded but he He spent his life and his inheritance on this riotous living and then came to himself and came back. I think the father running to him, that that is what a picture of what Jesus loves. What he absolutely loves is somebody who says, I can't do this on my own. I don't have a righteousness of my own. I'm going to stop doing that, Jesus. I accept what you have done for me and I'm going to live loved. I'm going to live, live forgiven from now on because of your grace, because of your mercy. And I'm going to live in light of that to other people in my life. I think that's one of the answers. What would you say? Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. And remember, Chris Fabry Live's production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.